Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football. A late Friday afternoon, final Friday of January. What a month this has been. We uh, started it out in California and we're ending it right here. It's been a busy show. We had uh, Don Staley on after that uh, massive win last night against the defending national champions. She said a lot of important things uh, in our interview with her, but probably the thing that will be remembered most was when she body bagged one of our callers, Dwayne, who uh, called in yesterday on the way to uh, the game in Baton Rouge and just talked about uh, how LSU was going to eviscerate, that's not exactly the word he used, uh, the the Gamecocks. Uh, Don had a response earlier today. Let's get back to the calls and check in with Jace in Augusta, Georgia. Hello, Jace. Hey, Paul. How you doing? You're doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I want to talk about the uh, the dog basketball uh, team for a minute. Um, um, I, th- I think we're uh, actually doing pretty good this year. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, I think so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I wanted to say something else. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't realize this This was this the day that, uh, that Bear Bryant died. Um, you know, I mean, he was he, he was a hell of a coach. And... Uh, um, I want to, even as a dog, I mean, I had to respect him. I mean, you know, he was, he was hell of a coach, Paul. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, I mean, he was, he, he, he was all of that. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. So let's uh, check in with, with Eddie in Pensacola. Hello, Eddie. Good afternoon. Hello, Paul. Good afternoon. How are you? Well, you're doing great. Thank you. Paul, I'd like to ask a favor. I'd like to make a quick statement about the NIL and transfer portal, and then I'd like to tell a very short Coach Bryant story of my own. Well, go right ahead. We, we'd like for we'd love that. Paul, I, I, I'm I'm seeing some good things. I hear all the negative, but I'm seeing some good things coming from the transfer portal and the NIL, specifically with Coach Saban retiring, because, you know, when a major coach leaves a branded team, especially one like Alabama, it takes years to recover usually. With the NIL and the transfer portal, I don't think the board's going to miss much of a beat on on keeping the, the, the excellence of the program that we've become accustomed to. We know he's a capable coach. I think that's a benefit for the transition through the coaching changes. Yeah, I think uh, I mean first of all, everything is is, is well well connected. Uh, it's one thing if you take over a program that is in in turmoil. This program is uh, is at the very top of college football. Yes, sir, the pinnacle. Can I tell my quick Bryant story? Absolutely, please do. Paul, I was ten years old. We'd moved to Montgomery, Alabama, when my father retired, and. 
found out that football was the world there. You you wanted to play football at Alabama. My grandfather played at Alabama and at Auburn and, and won a championship at both. That's kind of the family joke. But long story short, at 10 years old, I went to Tuscaloosa to a junior football camp. And when I got there, I had only played football one year. I had no clue what I was doing. And uh, through a lot of, lot of skin elbows and skint knees, I got Coach Bryant's Most Improved Player of the Camp Award, which was a plaque that, that said I had earned a, a right to have a scholarship to play football at the University of Alabama. Years later, I won a state championship at Robert E. Lee in Montgomery with Spence McCracken, and I, I walked on at Alabama. I wasn't offered a scholarship, but when I got up there, I, I showed it to them, and it, it was it was a big giggle. I got to play one year, and that was the Curry year. Uh, got hurt, wasn't able to play anymore, and, and my senior year, I did finish school and graduate. My senior year, we won the national championship uh, when we played Miami with Coach Stallings, but that right. tradition's been in my family a long time, and we miss Coach Bryant greatly. Thanks for taking my Thank call, Thank you very, Bob. very much. Uh, it's really great to hear from you. Um, again, uh, Sarah Patterson called up uh, earlier and mentioned uh, the anniversary of, of Coach Bryant. Uh, it's something that always uh, affects people in many, many ways. Russ is calling next. Hey, Russ. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Yeah, I thought about you today. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, this is a Russ Wood uh, who who played for Coach Bryant, and I'll let you tell the story, Russ. I, I, I'm tired. I've told it too many times. I know I, I have too, and it, uh, it it never gets old, Paul. It's it's you know one of those things. We both 41 years ago. Um, I was drafted by the Birmingham Stallions. It was the first year, and of course they had territorial draft. They had all the Alabama, Auburn. Tennessee, Florida, you know, Southern Miss, Troy, you know, all of us were there. And this beat writer from the Birmingham News just happened <laughs> to be sitting in the north north end zones in those old uh, aluminum uh, bleacher seats. And uh, and the only reason I know this is 10 years later, a friend of mine from Montgomery who I went to Alabama with and everything called me and said, Wood, you're in the dang paper. <laughs> so, you know, because you used to write the, you, you wrote that AOL.com article. Right. And uh, it was in Birmingham, Montgomery Advertiser, Mobile Register. And anyway, he said, you're in the paper with this guy, Paul Feinbaum. I said, what? And it was where you put, you wrote the article, uh, where were you the day Coach Bryant died? And you explained you were sitting there interviewing Russ Wood, uh, you know, from Elba, Alabama, played for Coach Bryant, Liberty Bowl, and, you know, all that was here with the Birmingham Stallions. And, about that time, the sports center, I think Butch Ellard was the head manager. He was our manager, too, but uh, I think he was with him. But I, I don't remember who the sports information director was. But remember, he, he came running up and said, Paul, 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 Coach Bryant passed. And, of course, there was ham, you know, a dozen Alabama guys. We were all sitting together. I was just happened to be interviewed by the Birmingham News reporter, Mr. Feinbaum. And um, we all just kind of looked around. There was no cell phones. It's 1983. I mean, and you said, I, I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta go confirm this. And we said, Well, where are you gonna do it? And uh, you went under the stadium. I don't know if it was the payphone in the portal in the yeah. Stadium the payphone right rush was uh, was uh, it was in the was right outside the stadium in the parking lot. I vaguely remember that. Right. Yeah. It was right. It was right there, close. And we all we all tried, we all followed you like you know a dog after you know uh, treats and. 
sure enough, you got on the phone and talked, and uh, next thing you know, you said, you know, you know, okay, I got to go cover this. Boom, you 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 took off, and we were all sitting there, you know, distraught. You know, we didn't know what what to do. You know, we were all just, you know, it was one of those moments that hit us like a a brick house that we wasn't expecting. But uh, it was our moment. 41 years ago. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And, and, and I mean, you just think about it. And I know uh, there's so many elements uh, that today, uh, you know, how people found out two weeks ago uh, that that Coach Saban was retiring. It was a completely different world. But yeah, I mean, I was just glad I had, I don't even remember what a phone call cost back then, but or a, a nickel, a quarter. I think. Quarter, the, I yeah, nickel or quarter. Yeah, I think and, and yeah, I mean, I just and the second I called, I mean, the guy said, "Get get down here," because I, I was a, right. yeah. And it, those next couple of days for everyone uh, in in sports, uh, they're they're really unlike anything uh, that I've ever encountered. And you know, you were part of it, Russ, uh, as we right. as everybody kind of figured out what to do and where to go. Well, you know, we were uh, you know we were with the stallions, and they they were having a pre camp. And then they went down to Tampa for their main camp. Right. And of course, you know, they, they bragged, remember they bragged about having all these local players, local players, local players. Two days later, well, after that day, we didn't, you know, all players, you know, we couldn't really just take off and go to Tuscaloosa, even though the, you know, the funeral was coming up in a couple of days, we were all trying to figure out how we were going to ask permission to, you know, to go. Raleigh Dodge, I think was the coach. He'd come from Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, of course, I think the next day, the next day, Jeff Fagan, one of our good running backs, came and knocked on my door the two days after that, after Coach Bryant's passing, and we were getting ready to load up to go to Tampa, you know, and he came and knocked on my door and said, hey, Russ, Russ, we've been cut. I said, dude, we we just been in shorts. And Raleigh brought in, that was right after the NFL's last cut, he brought oh, yeah. in, I think, uh, Strzok and Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole stat, I mean, I think he kept one. Well, or two uh, not that it really matters, uh, Russ, but I mean, it was all a PR stunt uh, to uh, oh, act yeah, like they were yeah. interested in yeah. Alabama and Auburn players. Um, right. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, aside from that, it, uh, it's, I mean, it was, it was surreal, though, um, to hear the news as a reporter. And, and, and I mean, I, 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 as, I, as I hear you tell that story, I do have some regrets that I didn't at least see how you guys were doing. But uh, it was, I mean, it was just a different world. I mean, you couldn't, uh, you know, right. you couldn't, nobody <clears throat> no, had you anything. Had I, mean, that. I mean, yeah, that was the biggest story. I mean, you know, uh, Billy Graham was supposed to do the service. Yeah. You know, the, we had four churches in Tuscaloosa and the main church, I was sitting there with the seniors we were you know the 83 team we were you know 82 team really we were sitting there on the front row you know look over there and there's woody hayes and bo schembechler and i mean all these john mckay you know russ i I have uh the night before the funeral was just so sad the night before uh my boss came down and we went out i think it was the landing remember that place in tuscaloosa oh gosh yeah yeah so so, uh bill lumpkin was his name i mean he knew everybody he he was i mean he knew i mean i was as as you were young i was barely older than you um and we we had a booth there and i mean i saw every coach nameth walk in uh richard todd uh eddie robinson woody hayes uh, I mean, it was it was it was truly. Uh, and again, you have to remember, you were there for a funeral. You weren't there uh, as a celebration, even though it was a celebration. But I mean, there was every right. every every coach in America was there. Uh, it, it was unlike right. it anything was, we'd ever seen. 
Right. You know, the church was the first, the main church, I think it was the first Methodist church, Tuscaloosa, and they had four churches that were packed. Right. Uh, that were doing the service. And, um, I mean, we By the way, it was also a pretty cold day. I mean, it was January uh, 28th, and uh, I remember that the local local TV stations had live coverage uh, because I I couldn't get in. I mean, but I I did do this, and and you've heard me say this before, uh, to show you how different the reporting was back then. My job was to cover the service in Tuscaloosa. I spent three days in Tuscaloosa. I went down there Wednesday night and there was a service on, on, and we went to the, the funeral home, and then I think Stedman Sheely uh, did a eulogy uh, at, at the Coliseum. But, but my, my boss told me, uh, hey, uh, you know, since I was the young whippersnapper, you down there, cover, cover uh, do, we want you to do one big story on, you go down to the service and then come back and, and, and cover the, the burial at Elmwood Cemetery, 58 miles away. There was no way really right. to do it, uh, and you uh, and I'm 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 admitting this now because it doesn't really matter, but I, I literally broke into the procession um, because there was only that was the only way to get back in time uh, with a police escort. So I, I, I snuck in at the end, and the the, the Elmwood uh, part of it was was also surreal. I mean, there were about ten helicopters over overhead, if you remember. Oh yeah, yeah. We had I think uh, there was three buses with players, coaches you know, their families. And then the, you know, the coach Bryant, uh, in his purse was ahead of us. And, uh, I mean, they had lined up. I heard it at the, you know, the, the, the cemetery had to shut down and close because people were waiting the day, the night before trying right. to get in, you know, and there, and, uh, uh, there've yeah, been yeah. estimates of, of close to 750,000 people from Tuscaloosa to, uh, Birmingham on the interstate, and you saw it. I mean, everywhere you and, and yeah. everywhere you every, at every at every exit ramp, there were thousands of people. People, right? Yeah, the the crossovers, the 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 crossover bridges were just full of people with signs. And uh, but the the most surreal, I think, was when we came out of the church and got on the bus, and we went down what is now Bryant Drive. You know, the drive that was. Uh, we went by the stadium, and the people were 10, 12, 20 deep all the way till we hit the interstate, you know, all the way down, you know, what it's called Bryant Drive now. But we went down that main drag, and, I mean, it was crazy to see how many people were standing there in tears, you know, like we all were. Well, Russ, I, uh, I, I actually had a friend of mine today in uh, Birmingham say, uh, you think you'll hear from Russ today? I said, I'll guarantee it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's in my phone. It, it, it went off in my phone. I've got it set in the uh, call, Paul. And uh, I, I tried to call earlier this week just to let you know I was going to try and call around four, but uh, I couldn't get through. But I figured I'd just do the old, well, so let's uh, let's keep out. doing this, Russ. Uh, I, I hope we can hang yeah. on a few more years. Yeah, you know, we joked about going and doing the show from uh, Legion Field. I guess Legion Field's still there. It I, is. I, uh, it, I saw it. I saw it about three weeks ago. It's it's still there. Did not, really? Not. Did did you did did they have our? Where me and you were sitting. Do they have the golden? They should. There? Uh, you know, but but I am I am <laughs> I mean, I am here to tell you, Russ, that, that that phone booth is long gone. Hey, thanks, Russ. Always good to hear from you on this day. We must go to a break. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. And we are back here uh, late on a Friday afternoon, a busy show. We had uh, Dawn Staley on earlier, and uh, she was very Dawn Staley-esque. Let's get back to the calls, and Zach is not next in Louisiana. Hello, Do- hello, Zach. What's going on, Paul? Hey there. I just want to say, uh, first of all, I want to start by saying that uh, John from St. Louis is a national treasure. He is. And AJ should be ashamed of himself. Yeah, I was I wanna, really disappointed uh, just, in AJ uh, picking on the poor guy. I think AJ calling anybody a dumbass is about the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, and also, I mean, if, you, if you're, the, if you're the biggest the one of all time, don't you feel like others are infringing on your DA uh, credibility? I guess he did feel kind of threatened, but uh, I just want to—I uh, just want to say. Um, I don't to to say that he's going to threaten to slap an old man. I don't think he has the balls to slap a mosquito. Okay, and I'm he he's just he's just he's a jackass, Paul. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, if he wants to pick on somebody, pick on somebody your own age. I mean, come on. But shout out to John from St. Louis. I think he's uh one of the best callers and uh. uh I'll just leave it at that, Paul. Well, uh, there's nothing more to say. You've said it well. Thank you very, very much for the call. Uh, Cliff is up next. Uh, hey, Cliff. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? We are doing great. Hey, look, um, you and I were on opposite sides of the sideline back in the back on that November night down in Jackson, Mississippi, when uh, Mississippi State prevailed against Alabama, which is rare, I know, but... Uh, you remember Coach Bryant came to the locker room at the Mississippi State guys, and and you know I, I know there's been great coaches as Coach Saban, Coach I mean right on down the line, but that was the classiest. I think that was the classiest act I think I've ever heard from a coach in in in, in football. I mean he came and Larry Templeton put it best when he said. When Coach Brown walked in that locker room, you could have heard a pin drop, and I guarantee you, did, did you 
did you go into the locker room? I was uh, I was in the Alabama locker room after the game, and I'm I'm trying to remember okay. if I got over to the state locker room or not. I do not remember. Yeah, I may have yeah. been outside hey, look, the locker room I, when uh, Coach uh, Ballard came out. Yeah, I mean it just it was fabulous. But anyway, I got a couple of other things I want to get to you. I hadn't talked to you in a while, but Alabama made the right right hire when they when Coach D got hired. I I call him Coach D. I don't do the names. It'd be better if his last name was Ira back then. They'd call him Coach A, you know. But uh, but still, Coach D, uh, he he's the right hire. I think the guy's humble and. I, I really don't think uh, you know you can lose having a having somebody in the corner like Coach Saban to 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 hit on for for you know for background stuff. But I got a I got a quick story I want to tell you, and and, and I man's going to love this. Uh, the, the elephant was walking in the jungle, and the lion, uh, the tiger came up and slapped him on his trunk and said, "Who's the king of the jungle?" And the elephant wrapped his trunk around him and slam dunked him about five times. And when he came to, he looked up the elephant and said, man, you didn't have to get mad just because you don't know the answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is funny. Yeah. Hey, um, there's one, that guy you had on from, um, um, that, that covers the ACC, Dave, what's his Dave name? Hale. Yeah. He's got the right idea. Down in Mississippi, if you're having a shotgun wedding or a divorce, a double barrel is always better than a single barrel. And if if um, Florida State could hold hands with Clemson and go up to a commissioner and say, you know, we'd love to join the SEC, it'd be a that'd be a tempting treat right there. So Florida State needs to quit worrying about getting out of the ACC and go go you know. Go get with Clemson, and then both of them bail out. So, anyhow, hey, good to talk to you. Hey, and, thank you very uh, much, Cliff. You be well. You take care of yourself. Uh, let's continue with more. Actually, I tell you what we need to do. We need to stop here. I, I didn't realize uh, what, what time it was. We have a guest waiting, and we can't wait to get to uh, Oklahoma. We'll be right back with much, much more. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. One thing that's really been exciting uh, since uh, the news a couple of years ago that Oklahoma and Texas were heading to the SEC is getting to meet some of the uh, media folks from both. And I've had that opportunity with our next guest uh, as we uh, say hello to Eric. Hold on a second. Let me make sure where I am. Eric Bailey. Uh, from Eric uh, from the Tulsa World. Uh, Eric, really good to see you. I want to make sure you were there, and you are, and uh, good to see you again. I feel like uh, I don't know you that well, but I've, I've, I remember talking to you at Media Days, and I'm really glad that you could make time to come on our show. Paul, thanks so much. Yeah, the experience in Nashville was something else going to the SEC Media Days. Really enjoyed it. Had an opportunity to talk to you, so I really appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. So, uh, I mean, I know it's not official, but that happens on July 1st because Oklahoma – has a lot of things going on from uh, basketball, softball, gymnastics. They're pretty good in pretty much everything. Uh, but football is here. Uh, there's nothing more to be played. Uh, what's the state of the Sooners in uh, football as uh, they start making that turn? I think everyone's excited. As soon as the Alamo Bowl finished this year down in San Antonio, everything went fast forward. Everything is SEC pointed right now. And I think that everyone from the coaches, to the uh, fans and even the media are looking forward to Oklahoma's next jump. I'm excited. I'm excited to meet a lot of new people. I'm excited to go to a lot of different places. So I can only imagine what uh, those players are like and those fans are like. Well, I mean, a year ago, this conversation would have been different. Things look pretty bleak uh, in Brent Venable's first year. Everything changed this year, especially uh, when you beat Texas uh, in Dallas. Uh, I know there were some bumps along the way because Oklahoma really, uh, had a pretty good season going until very close to the end. How, how would you characterize the 23 campaign? Well, I remember talking to you in Nashville and we were talking about the Sooners coming off a six and seven season. And you said it was an important year for Brent Venables, an important year for the program because they needed to gather some kind of momentum going into the 2024 campaign in the SEC. They were able to do that with a 10 win season. Brent Venables was able to really turn the ship the right direction because they really needed that momentum because life gets a lot tougher next season. I think we all know that. Uh, so this was a good year, a good turning point. Six and seven in, in 2022 was so unusual to Oklahoma fans. They hadn't had a losing season since 1998. Uh, so this was different for them. And you just wondered what this year was going to be like. And to win 10, 10 games, uh, that was big for the Sooners moving forward. Listen, I, I don't claim to be an expert on Oklahoma. I, I've been to uh, one game in Norman and one game in Stillwater. And I can tell you I enjoyed the experience in Norman a lot more. Um, but the point being... Uh, what is the the vibe among the Sooners fans and the people that you converge with every day in covering this beat about Venables? Uh, did did he did he get over uh, the hump with that Texas win, ten wins? It's not there's not a lot of fault to be found there. 
No, there's not. And, you know, the, the regular season losses were close losses, too. I know that there's always Monday Monday morning quarterbacking. They could have done this. They could have did that. But it was just, again, it was so important just to get that momentum going into the SEC. And this is a really smart fan base. They understand college football. They understand what's awaiting for them. You know, there's no gimmies on that SEC schedule. And I think these fans understand that. There's nothing easy about that. So I think that they understood while they needed success in 2023, there's a bigger challenge in 2024 on the football field, going to foreign stadiums, welcoming new teams like Alabama and Tennessee to, to Norman. Uh, that's going to be pretty incredible as well. So I think this is a smart fan base that understands the challenge in front of it. Let me ask you about a couple of those. And, and of course, the road games, I, I know fans are trying to learn. Some, some I mean, you've already, uh, Oklahoma fans have been to, a number of places. I remember a couple of years ago going to Tennessee, but the road games are at Auburn, uh, at Ole Miss. Those are, hey, by the way, those are in uh, Missouri and LSU. Uh, you guys have done fairly well. I know uh, LSU is an experience. Ole Miss is uh, a bucket list for everyone, but and Missouri is an old uh, an old comrade. Uh, but Auburn is, is also unique. Uh, so I, I know. Fan, what, are, what are fans buzzing about? Starting with the road games. I'll get to the home games in a minute. It's just seeing the new stadiums going there. And I'm really curious what the, the fan base is going to be like attacking these road games. How many are going to try to go on the road? How many are going to get tickets? Uh, you know, personally, selfishly, I'm looking forward to going to Ole Miss. I'm looking forward to LSU. I would love a night game at LSU. I don't know if Brent Venables would, but I would love to experience a night game down at LSU. And, Paul, if you look at this schedule, you look at these eight SEC schools that Oklahoma is playing this year, seven of them went to bowl games. Only Vanderbilt in the SEC has seven bowl teams on their schedule next year in league play, Oklahoma and Vanderbilt. So nothing easy, of course, every week, but you compound that by going on the road and playing at these tough venues. It's going to mean that Oklahoma's going to have to be at their best when they hit the road. I remember a couple of years ago uh, how excited uh, Oklahoma fans were, Eric, uh, when about seven or eight years ago when, when, you, when you guys went to Tennessee. Uh, I think it was a night game. It was a big deal. I remember uh, being on our uh, morning show on that Saturday, just completely writing uh, Bob Stoops off. And of course, we all know what happened that night in Knoxville, but it, was, but it really was an amazing game. The question is not about Tennessee so much, but about Josh Heupel, who, as we all know, has a fairly complicated relationship with uh, the school that he led to a national championship. Yeah, and you mentioned that game, Baker Mayfield, that was his coming out party when they went to Tennessee and won that football game. But going to Josh Heupel, he, he's a legend in Oklahoma. You remember what he did in 99 and 2000. He was he was the he really carried him. He bridged that 99 year from John Blake and losing seasons to a successful 99 season. And then in 2000, of course, was the, the led the Sooners to their last national championship. Josh Heupel is is still really really uh loved by this fan base. And I'm really curious, the very first SEC game that Oklahoma plays in Norman will be against Josh Heupel. And you're right, it is, we say complicated, it really is a complicated relationship because of the way that he was let go after the end of the 2014 season. But uh, we had a chance to talk to him at SEC Media Days over the summer, and you can tell Oklahoma, he still thinks of Oklahoma uh, when, when he goes back and looks at his college career. So you have Alabama coming in uh, as well. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, what a great time to face Alabama without Nick Saban. Uh, talk to me uh, in the audience about uh, just watching the Alabama story from a distance for the last couple of weeks. 
it's been crazy, Paul. And I remember when when Coach Saban, uh, the announcement came out, it took me back to Bob Stoops' announcement in the summer of 2017 when he was leaving. It was just a shock. And I felt for the uh, Alabama beat writers because that meant that it was going to be a busy time for them. But, uh, yeah, I really feel like I would have loved to see Coach Saban in Norman. That would have been so exciting to see. Uh, but this Alabama team, it's Alabama. I think Oklahoma understands that. And two blue, bar- blue bloods in November playing a football game, it's going to be exciting no matter what. Throughout the records, throughout the history, it's just going to be a neat Saturday in Norman. Uh, but, yeah, it was a shock when Coach Saban left the Crimson Tide. And you mentioned uh, the transition. Uh, of course, Lincoln Riley ended up taking Bob Stoops, and, and I remember talking to some friends out in Oklahoma way, and that, that was, you talk about complicated. Uh, that's a complicated relationship. Now that uh, Lincoln Riley uh, you know, just absolutely uh, crashed and burned last season, is, is the animus still there or Oklahoma fans moving on? I think it's still there. And you know what? I just think it's because of the way the divorce was handled. Uh, It was such a shock to Oklahoma fans. They've never had a coach just up and leave and go to a different program. It's never been that coach's choice. So when Lincoln Riley did that, there's going to be some stings. There's still some bruises to that. And I I think that that's something, you know, you look at Oklahoma fans, they're still keeping an eye toward the West Coast. How did USC do? We hear that a lot. So uh, Lincoln Riley was important to this program because in 2017 or 2015, let's even go back to that, his offense really, really created Heisman Trophy candidates and Heisman Trophy winners at quarterback. So I think that uh, Lincoln Riley did do a lot for Oklahoma, but the way he left, it still stings this Sooner fan base. Yeah, and uh, it took a few players, as we all know. I can't wait. Uh, we have a lot uh, to announce as we get closer, but uh, I can assure you from this uh, point where, we, where the SEC network is, Eric, uh, we, uh, we are well aware of Oklahoma and Texas coming in, and uh, we have had countless conversations uh, to make everybody out there feel welcome, and uh, we appreciate you making time for us today. Paul, thank you so much for having me on, and everyone out there, have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Really good to see Eric. Eric Bailey joining us from the Tulsa world as uh, we start our turn toward Austin and Norman. Uh, you'll see us out there. You can bank on that. We'll take a short break. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Back, uh, busy afternoon, and let's uh, continue. AJ, not that one, from Ohio. How are we doing today, Paul? Hey there, AJ. Great to hear from you. Hi, I was just calling to see uh, why you've been slandering Notre Dame online. 
uh, considering I feel like our future is brighter than it's ever been. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to play st- stupid here, but uh, what have I said about Notre Dame? Uh, you were just saying we've been kind of dependent on the transfer portal after we got Riley Leonard, and we haven't been able to get a quarterback. Really? And uh, we've recently just got a five-star in C.J. Colt. Hey, I, listen, I, I, have, uh, AJ, I don't know where you read that. I don't even remember talking about Notre Dame recently. It was, it, I mean, it was, it was right after we got Riley Leonard. Oh, okay. Well, I probably did say that then, but um, I like Marcus so I Freeman. I think, I think he's a very good 9-3 and three coach. Well, you see, this is his first year that he's actually really gotten his players. It's his third year under his belt. Yeah, I'm I mean, more of that. smart if we're talking about the SEC. His first two years weren't too good at Georgia. And that was, uh, that was, uh, that was Brian Kelly's fault, I suppose? No, I'm not saying it's Brian Kelly's fault. But, yeah, you know, uh, was Marcus on his? Was Marcus there before he got the head coaching job? He was there. He was a defense coordinator. Right. Kirby Smart was also on Nick well, Saban's staff. Yeah, I mean AJ, uh, I like I like Marcus Freeman, but I I don't I've yet to see much from him that would tell me that he's a he's a, he's a, an elite coach. He's a good coach. Nothing wrong with well, nine and three, I mean, but, but I'm not Brian I'm not Kelly, convinced yeah. he's elite. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I understand, but he already has more top ten wins at Notre Dame than Brian Kelly had in his whole time. Okay. And all of his recruiting classes that he's had has been better than every single one of Brian Kelly's except one. Yeah. And, uh, so and, and Brian like Kelly made it to the playoffs how many times? He made it to play for the national championship in 12, and seems like he made the playoffs a couple of times, if I remember. He did, but, I mean, we can never win the big game, and I feel like Freeman put, has been putting us in a better position. Well, I don't know. I remember, uh, again, I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but I remember beating uh, Clemson one night. Uh, they were number one in the country. Yeah, but Trevor Lawrence didn't play. Oh, okay. Trevor Lawrence okay. played, and we got waxed. Yeah, okay. And how many big uh, wins have, uh, have Marcus had? Uh, he also beat Clemson. He beat USC. Did he, uh, uh, he, did, he also, beat, uh, did he beat Clemson this year? He did not. Okay. Should they, have. They had a better team the, oh, the okay. year before. Okay. I, I'm just saying we've been more competitive in games, and I, I feel like you have to agree with that. Uh, AJ... Listen, we'll just have to uh, table this conversation, but if, if you're asking me uh, who would I rather have as my coach, uh, Marcus Freeman or Brian no, Kelly, I, I will take Brian Kelly 100 out of 100 times. Well, what's your opinion on the future of Notre Dame going forward? I think it's, it's, I think it's really good. Um, I think uh, the playoff is certainly within reach. And that's really the goal now. Uh, I mean, I, I said nine and three. I mean, there, there can be ten and two. I, I don't see Notre Dame on the same level as uh, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, and and I do compliment Notre Dame. They they should have beaten Ohio State this year, but they did not because there were some really bad coaching on the sidelines, as you well know. And uh, I don't even think they're on the same level as uh, as LSU anymore. But listen, we'll we'll just have to disagree. But uh, don't tell me you need three or four years. Uh, he was on the staff. Let's check in with the, the squirrel. Hello, squirrel. Uh, thank you for taking my call. And uh, some great stories today. And, and I always enjoy uh, when Russ calls in and, and recounts, you know, his story. And uh, I'm not going to, you know, bore people with retelling my Bear Bryant story. But shaking his hand will, will be something I'll always remember, you know, the rest of my life. It's definitely one of my <clears throat> highlights of my life. Um, now, would you rank that ahead of uh, shaking Lane Kiffin's hand? <laughs> By far. Dan, I jumped the fence at Nayland Stadium to shake Bear Bryant's hand. I wouldn't have crossed the dirt road to shake Lane Kiffin. I just turned around, and there he was. So, you know, stuck it out there. 
But and that and, and thanks to you for that. But uh, but what I was going to ask you today is, do you believe that the full moon affects people? I think it's a it's a proven fact that it affects wolves. Well, it's funny you say that. Yesterday was a full moon, and it, it's it's it happened to be the wolf moon. Was it really? Because we haven't had we haven't had we haven't seen the sun here in about two weeks, so I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I wondered, you know, if you recall yesterday, you know. After my call, which I thought was a pretty chill call, um, your leg humper called in, and then the show just went off the rails. I mean, everybody who called in was attacking somebody different, and I just wondered why people were acting so crazy. And uh, then I realized last night it was the full moon. So uh, I think that well, I'm glad you told me it do. was because I usually I'm a big full moon man. Uh, I always like to see it. It's cool. <laughs> well, I study of myself too, you know. But it, yeah, like you said, but, it's been uh, raining. But you you did days. something last night that I, I didn't think was possible. You brought you you did bring him out of hibernation. I was kind of shocked at Dominic's attack because. Ooh. Yeah. You know, I didn't say anything you know, negative about Dominic. I, I actually enjoyed his recital. Um, I was just thinking I mean, what, maybe what you said it. was the truth. <laughs> well, you know, the tr- well, I'll let you be the judge of that. But hey, squirrel, there's a lot of things I know nothing about and maybe act like I do. But well, there's nothing wrong. With right. When you sit case, here I'm, every day, you become somewhat of an expert on on callers and yeah. you know when somebody is reading something right well I wrote, i've been reading the whole time we've been talking actually i write my take in the stuff i wrote down just three things i wrote down dominic number one leg humper and creature from the black lagoon and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and by the way i don't mind I, I i prefer i mean dominic if he wants to spend study hall preparing his fine bomb call I'm all for that. Well, I'm not getting into it with anybody that hadn't reached puberty yet. Let's put it that way. So I'm staying out of this fight. But it's it's funny how you can throw a rock at a pack of dogs, and it's funny how which which one howls out. You know what I mean? Which one starts howling? And all I did was say the word shout outs and just talk about how kind of I enjoy shout outs. And then that um lady from uh, Georgia called in squawking. Oh, Miss Pat. Miss Pat does not. I think Miss Pat Ooh. likes you uh, even Man, less than uh, the gym. A few weeks ago, so she could read my, my tweets. I don't see she's mad at me because I don't want to be one of her Twitter boyfriends. She's got four or five guys that they have to tuck each other in at night and all that kind of thing. And I'm just not into that. And so she's just bitter. And you, you could hear the bitterness in oh, her yeah. voice. Oh, yeah. If you listen, if you listen was, uh, I mean, I don't want to upset Miss Pat because I I don't need the aggravation. But um, I wish your neighbor would call in. I she, would love uh, to hear from Miss Pat stories. From she her. doesn't. She doesn't wear uh, being mad well. She doesn't hide her emotions. That's yeah. for true. But, uh, but but anyway, I'm. Glad I mean, some I people are are likable when they're mad. They're funny. Some people are. Oh, it's Angry. hilarious, like you're like Jim. And when Jim calls in and says everything I told you about that he said was a lie, I, I don't recall telling you anything. You know, I thought I kept mine and his conversation. We're about to get into the, the trial season on this show. We'll, we'll, we'll adjudicate right, that shortly. You. Aloha. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.